Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. You know, each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to focus our discussions on things that will challenge the way you think about your workplace and your ministry and your life in Christ and all of those crammed together into one. And today is part two of an incredible conversation with Mary Welshel from ChristianWorkingWoman.org. Yesterday on the show, we talked all about how to have appropriate workplace relationships between men and women. And if you missed it, you need to go back and listen to the archive because it was an incredible show. And I and I just go out to iworkforhim.com and click on archives and Martha will have it all set up so that you can listen to the archive. In fact, it's probably out there already. Martha, did you already do it? That's right. All right. So it's already out there already. So it's out there. Listen to it. You'll find out all about our conversation yesterday. But today we're going a totally different direction. In fact, I've got a scripture verse for today. It says, Matthew six thirty four. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. You know, Mary, welcome back to the I Work For Him show. Thank you, Jim. I'm glad to be back. You know, as, as we talk about the superwoman complex, which I'm sure you've suffered from, that's why you've written about it, and I know my wife has suffered from it, and I know my sister has suffered from it, and I know my mother still suffers from it today in her early 80s. 
this is something that is desperately needed to be talked about from an honest perspective between women. So when we get to that conversation, I'm just going to back off just like I did yesterday and let you and Martha talk about this so that you guys can counsel each other, because I'm sure you both have suffered from this all your lives. <laughs> right here on the air in front of everybody. That's right. Laying it all out fresh. But Mary, before before we do, not everybody got to hear how incredibly God has worked in your life. And so I'd like for you to share a little bit of your testimony to what's... To, to how God's brought you to be the president of ChristianWorkingWoman.org and to be the woman's pastor at Moody Church in Chicago. How has God been? How has Christ been impacting your life? Well, as as I said yesterday, um, I was raised in a wonderful Christian home, but I I chose to do my own thing for about ten years, and and though I never visibly walked away from God in the church. I was leading a double life, really. One person Monday through Friday and another person on Sunday. I think, unfortunately, a lot of Christians are probably in that place too often. And um, I was desperately trying to run my own life, and I didn't want God to run it any differently than I had it planned. But after 10 years, I saw how I just ran my life into the ground and how miserable I was. And so I came back to God, fully committed to to serving him with with everything I could, and I had a lot of lessons to learn and and a lot of uh, baggage to to uh, get rid of, but God and I worked on it together and intensively, and I spent a lot of time in the Word. I think that's that's so important. I was driven to the Word of God and to prayer, and I really set aside significant time each day for the Word of God to just speak to my heart and change me. I, I felt like I couldn't get through the day without it, and and that was the, that was the change agent. That's always the change agent. It's the Word of God, and when we neglect the Word of God in our lives, that's when we walk down the wrong paths and our feet go astray. So um, that's still true today, 30 years later. It's still true that I that I daily have to spend that time with Him in order to keep my mind and my thoughts focused on him. And then he miraculously opened a door for me to begin a radio ministry. I knew nobody in radio. I had no connections. I just had this crazy idea that there ought to be a radio program on Christian radio talking to people in in marketplace positions about how to live out your faith on your job. And I just prayed about it for about 18 months. And one day I thought, you really should you really should stop praying about this now and do something. How do you, I wonder how you start a radio program. And I, I remember driving to work and thinking, I don't know, but I'm going to put one together and I'm going to take it to somebody. That was my strategic plan. <laughs> and when I got to work that day, on my desk was a newspaper announcing that a station in Chicago had just been purchased and was now going to be a Christian station. <laughs> and I thought, okay, maybe I can be on that station. But that very day, before I called them, they called me. I still don't know why or how they got my name or number. And asked me to be on a talk show the next Saturday, and I, I went in and did the talk show. And afterwards, I said, "I have an idea for a radio program," and that's where it all started in May of 1984. And by July, we were on the air. I was on the air with a 15-minute uh, weekly program, and then God just took it and took it national, and has grown beyond my wildest dreams. But I always say to people, you know, when God puts a passion in your heart and it won't go away, even though you're not qualified, you don't have the experience, you don't have the education, you don't know anybody, you don't have the money, whatever, just don't underestimate what God can do when he puts a passion in your heart. And uh, that's that's my story. 
It's an incredible story. But how did you end up being a woman's pastor at Moody Church in Chicago? I mean, that's... Well, that was my church. I've been there for 34 years, and they were they came to me and said, you know, would you take this position? It was a new position as, as director of women's ministry. And um, and so that's been a great joy. I just, uh, I I love the church. I love the women in the church. I I love what I do there. So that's that's just been a great privilege for the last, I've been on staff formally for about 17 years. Hmm, that's fantastic. So people can find out more about Christian Working Woman at christianworkingwoman.org. And then, how do, Martha, you, you've got, you get the daily emails. They can sign up there as well? I do. And so we're, we've got that out there on our Facebook page where people can um, learn how to sign up for her email that she sends out every morning, Monday through Friday. Right, Mary? That's right. A little short devotional. Kind of start your day off right. Mm. All right, so that's christianworkingwoman.org, christianworkingwoman.org, and Martha will have that out on our Facebook page, and a link to also to a Mary's page on the Moody Church site, so people can read more about your history. In fact, your, Martha thought this was great. You've got this major in piano, which I, I love that. Martha, <laughs> Martha would have loved to have had a major in piano, but she majored in gym instead. No, she's got a <laughs> business degree, but she's, she goes, isn't it great how... Piano women just are incredible. That's right. I know. You can see I never planned to be a Christian working woman. I have a music degree, um, with, and you don't make money very well with music degrees. So God has a sense of humor. <laughs> yes, he does. Oh, my. Okay, when we come back, I really want to get deep into the superwoman complex. But before leading up to the break, just give us a 30-second on what is the superwoman complex. It's feeling that you have to jump through everybody's hoops meet everybody's expectations, do everything to perfection, and never show any signs of fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> That's all? Okay. That's all. all right, we're going to come back with more on the Superwoman Complex and more from Mary Welchel and Martha Brangenberg as we get deep into this conversation on a plague that really affects a lot of women, but certainly women in the workplace, really suffer from the Superwoman Complex. So stay tuned. we got to take a break, but we'll be right back with Mary Welchel, president of the Christian Working Woman Radio Ministry about the superwoman complex. All right, we've been talking with Mary Walshall, president of christianworkingwoman.org, a radio ministry brought all around the country on over 400 radio stations each and every day. And we're talking today about the superwoman complex. All right, Mary, we're going to go into the book segment, but before we do, I want you to give that definition on the superwoman complex once more. (laughs) It's a woman who thinks she has to jump through everybody's hoops, meet everybody's expectations, do everything to perfection, and never show any signs of fatigue. Okay. Oh, I just realized our foster daughter has that same complex. Oh, my word. I, I think you can probably find that on Wikipedia, I'm thinking. <laughs> if not, it if will not, be there tonight. Put it there. That's right, Mary. You need to put it there. All right. It's time for our book highlight segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. You know, Karis Christian Books and Gifts have been part of the Largo community for over. 29, 29 years. years. I thought you were going to do the whole line. <laughs> oh, not the whole. Okay. Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Almerton Road. In, in Largo. Largo. All right, this is not working, honey. Okay, the 2,400 <laughs> square foot store is open to the public. Seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop, C-H-A-R-I-S. Dot com. <laughs> All right, our book highlight today is called... 
Let's see. Get over it. It's Mary's newest book, Letting Go and Moving On with God. Do you struggle with hurt feelings, worry, comparing yourself with others, discontent with singleness, or fear of trusting God? This book gives practical help firmly based on God's Word to show you how to experience the freedom that is yours in Christ. And if you want to get a copy of Mary's book, I've got two in studio today. 855-265-2929. 855-265-2929. Call into the studio line, and Andrea will take your call. Mary, why did you write this book? Because in all my years of ministering to women, I see so many of us stuck in certain places, hurt feelings, uh, pity parties, uh, false guilt, and we can't get unstuck because we've allowed ourselves to just dwell there too long. And I just long to see us set free to the freedom that Jesus came to give us and and put those things behind us so we can enjoy the real purpose of, of what God wants us to do here on earth and not let these sometimes trivial things, uh, frivolous things, I should say, um, uh, you know, keep us stuck. So, you know, it sounds like a kind of uh, abrupt phrase, get over it, but sometimes we need somebody to take us by the shoulder and say, come on, just get over it. Let's move forward. You know what these what the teenagers say today? Actually, now they're in their 20s. They say, build a bridge, get over it. That's what they say. <laughs> oh, that's good. I All right, so that. if you want to get a copy of Mary's newest book, Get Over It, or Build a Bridge, Get Over It. That's I just added that, okay? <laughs> Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. We're back live and in studio with Mary Welshel from Christian Working Woman Radio. And you can find out more about Mary and her ministry and find out how to sign up for her daily blog at christianworkingwoman.org, christianworkingwoman.org. All right. We're talking about the superwoman complex. So we want the, the superwoman suffers from trying to jump through everybody's hoops, trying to fulfill everybody's expectations, do everything to perfection, without showing any fatigue. Well, that's my definition, yes. <laughs> I like that. So, you know, this is a danger for many, many women. And how how did this... I mean, in our cult, I think it's really a result of where our culture has been. Do you think women suffered from this complex before they started coming into the workplace? You know, that's a good question. I don't know that I have a, a good answer to it. I think part of it is our, our nature as women. We are... We are nurturers. We want everybody to be happy. We try to fix things that are that are that are wrong. I think that's more of a woman's nature than than perhaps a man's nature. So I think that's that's part of it. We truly want everybody to to like us, and and you know we want everything to to just work right. So that's part of it. But truly, when we um, when we started going into the workplace in greater numbers and taking on bigger and bigger jobs in greater numbers. Um, we didn't take off the other hats we were wearing. We just added more hats on top, and we expected still to keep the perfect house and all the other things we've done at, while at the same time having a career and a job. And, 
And I think that certainly that certainly added to the superwoman complex that's really quite common. You know, and it makes me think about the fact that um, even like yourself, when you were at IBM and you were in what was known as a man's world at that mm-hmm. time, probably some unsaid pressure to over-impress and to overcompensate for being a woman and feeling like, you know, you needed to accomplish more in order to be seen as an equal. I, I, I totally agree, Martha. I remember seeing a sign on uh, a desk of one of my coworkers, one of the, the women I work with, and it said something like, women today have to do twice as much as men and be twice as good to get half as far Fortunately for us, it isn't difficult. <laughs> and I remember laughing and thinking, oh, yeah, we women can do anything. But you know what? It is difficult. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to take on all these extra things and try to keep every, every ball in the air going. And I think we have a lot of lessons we have to learn. We have to let go of some things. We have to trust that, you know, Letting something go undone is not going to stop the world from revolving. I, a good friend of mine who's a young mom and works with me at church and, and is very, very involved, she said to me the other day, she said, I'm learning, uh, I'm learning new things. She said, my house doesn't have to be perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. And she tends to be, you know, perfectionistic and wants her house in, in perfect condition. But with three kids and a very, very involved ministry life, she can't do it all anymore, and she's finally saying, and it's okay. It's okay if all the laundry's not done today or everything is not in place. You and, know, no. And, and that's a newsflash for a lot of women because oh, we just think that there's all these expectations mm-hmm. out there that we need to fulfill. And to make it even worse, you have things like Pinterest <laughs> that mm-hmm. are showing you all of these perfect dinnerscapes that people mm-hmm. make and perfect little. Um, you know, decor in their home and everything. And it just, it makes you think, how am I going to accomplish all of that as well on top of doing my job well and being a good wife and mother and all of those other expectations? Yeah. And and what happens is we're getting our identity. We're getting our self-esteem from doing all these things. And I remember when God showed me that I, I was, my ego was being fed by people mm. saying things to me like, how do you do all you do, and how do you get everything done? And, you know, it's like I've got to get do more and be more so I get more affirmation from people that I'm superwoman. Mm-hmm. And uh, God said, really, God just really had to show me, is, is this how you want to be remembered? Is this how the legacy you want to leave your daughter and people who know you, that you were a very, very busy woman and you did many, many things? Is that really what you want to be known for? And, and how'd, you, said, how'd you answer that question? No, I said, no, it's not. I want to be known as a loving, a, you know, a loving person who shows Christ to other people and has time for other people. And uh, and so God just slowed me down and said, you, you know, you're, you can't do everything, and you're not called to do everything. That's not what I've called you to do. Um, and, and, and so I've had, I have to keep relearning that because my personality type is let me do it i can do anything but i can't you know you you've set up a bible study on this i I found that online you've got the superwoman complex bible study small group bible study Mm -hmm. and and it's an eight-week study and i loved it i just kind of previewed it online and i thought this 
is great. Actually, it's a great study. I know it's a woman's aimed study, but it actually would make a great couple's Bible study. Yeah, probably. Because men need to understand the pressure that women are under. And, yeah. and, and they need to understand how women really think. And this really goes to how women think. Because yes. they, you know, and it is always true that if a woman works outside of the home, first of all, working inside the home is already a ridiculously difficult job. And they work outside the home, all of a sudden, they, they don't ever eliminate anything. All they do is add on. Mm-hmm. And that's something men need to hear and gain perspective so that they uh, uh, are better help around the home. Because it is a woman suffers from this trying to be all things to all people. And nobody tells us to be all that. It's no. just something we tell ourselves. And you, yeah. ma- you made an interesting point, and almost to the point that it can be an idol for us, mm-hmm. um, that we you know, so much value the kudos that comes from all of the accomplishment that that's almost more important sometimes than the accomplishment. Yeah, I think that's so true, Martha. It's been true for me really has and so that's part of the superwoman complex i let me show you i can do anything Mm -hmm. well i can't i can do all things through christ Mm -hmm. who strengthens me that means i can do what he has given me to do he will never ask me to do more than i can do and he will strengthen me to do what i do and when i get outside of the boundaries of what he's called me to do and when i'm trying to please people instead of please him uh that's when i get in trouble you know, it's all right. So I, I, I led up right before the break to this question. A lot of times in our lives, God always brings us to some culminating moment, some spot where we got to the end of our rope, and then we end up. It's it's one of those moments where you're like, oh, wow. So what was that moment in your life that caused you to start writing stuff about this superwoman complex? What was it that brought you to say, huh? I really need to document this because other women need to hear it. Well, I think it was it was. Um it was the thing I just talked about where God showed me that I was getting my identity, I was get, getting my self-worth from getting affirmation from people of all that I did and how I could do so many things. And God showed me how sinful that was and how proud that was and how much pride there was. But then there was a... And then exhaustion and fatigue was part of it, you know, trying to to do everything and, and running out of energy eventually and... And then my pastor preached a sermon years ago, and I don't remember what the sermon was about, except I remember one thing he said that I never have forgotten. And he said, you know, Jesus disappointed people. It's, and I just, I, I, it was like, you know, oh my word, I have never ever thought of that. What do you mean Jesus disappointed people? And then he gave some examples. And I got to looking in the Word of God, and Jesus did disappoint people. There was a time when, um, not on purpose, but but in order to do God's will, he had to disappoint people. There was a time when the disciples said, Jesus, the whole town is here. They, they were here last night, and they've come back this morning, and they're here to hear you and to be healed and everything. And they fully expected Jesus to come back because the whole town was here. And Jesus looked at them and said, no, God's called me to another town. We have to go to other towns today. And he walked away from this crowd that was fully expecting him to uh, to come back and, and meet their needs, etc., etc. And he said, no, that, that's not what I'm supposed to do today. I'm going to go to another town. And he disappointed all those people. And then there was the other time when a man approached him and said, 
uh, solve this problem between me and my brother. We have this ongoing argument, and please solve it for us. And Jesus looked at him and said, who called me to be an arbiter? That's not my job. And could he have done it? Yes. Could he have done it better than anybody else? Of course. But that was not what God put him here to do. And Jesus knew what he was supposed to do and what he was not supposed to do. And so even if it meant disappointing people, he would walk away from those things. And God showed me that, you know, you have to say it's not my job. You have to know what your job is as from the Lord, and you have to let the other stuff go. And one example happened years ago that I used to uh, lead the the handbell choir at our church, and I started it, and I thought, well, they, they wouldn't exist without me, but my life got so, so busy, and God made it clear that I should give up the handbell choir, and I thought, oh, poor handbell choir, how are they going to exist without me? Well, let me tell you, they're twice as big now and twice as good now, because somebody else who's better at it than I was <laughs> took it up, and, and, and it's going on just fine without me, but you get this idea that if I don't do it, it won't be done right. You know, mm-hmm. and that's part of the superwoman complex. Don't you think so, Martha? Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm relating that to being a manager um, in the bookstore. You know, so many times I think, well, I could just do this. I'll get it done fast and, you know, it'll be done. But how much better to teach somebody else yes. how to do it and then maybe they have a better way of doing it, you know, yes. and being able to improve the system by letting go and letting yes. somebody else do that. I fall into that trap a lot. Mm. Do you, do. do you think being a single mom drove this superwoman complex to a whole new level? Well, maybe. I hadn't really thought about that, Jim. Uh, I, I don't know that it's particularly unique to single moms, except that single moms just have more to do when they get home because there's nobody there to share the workload with them. But they also have to be mom and dad. Mom and dad and, 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 and it, everything. And I think it actually adds to that. I, I just, I've seen a lot of single moms and unfortunately we know too many of them and it is, uh, it's tough. I mean, they, they're too busy. I mean, they're just, it, it, it's just rough. I mean, there's it no tougher rough. job than being a single mom. It just, I think it, it's right. but you know, as, how did you deal with as a single mom and a super, somebody, a single mom of the superwoman complex, mm-hmm. how did you deal with that verse from Matthew six thirty four? So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow. Tomorrow has plenty of worry for itself. <laughs> just today's trouble is enough for today. How did, yeah. how did you gain that? Well, you know, it comes with time and it comes with age to a degree, but it also comes with praying stuff into your life. I mean, right before that or right after that verse is, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. And all these things will be given to you. And so um, what I began to do years ago is pray scripture into my life, scripture that would change me. And as I would read a verse and it would talk to me, I would write it down in my prayer journal, and I'd start praying it. Verses like, um, be quick to listen and slow to speak. Uh, that was a big problem for me. And I began to pray, <laughs> Lord, make me quick to listen and slow to speak. I mean, this is practical application of God's Word to our everyday lives. And, uh, you know, I can do all things through Christ. Or um, One of the verses that, the many verses about the tongue, because that's always my big problem, but Ephesians 4.29, that nothing unwholesome come out of your mouth, but only things that will edify others and build them up according to their needs. And I started praying that. Let me tell you, that changes the way you talk. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit stops you when you're starting to say something, and he says, do you really need to say that? 
Is that going to build anybody up? Is that going to edify anybody? No. Then don't say it. Mm. And so um, I began to just pray these verses into my life, like um, the one you just quoted about, today has enough problems of his own. Don't borrow trouble from tomorrow. I know I've written a lot and talked a lot about we live in today. Yesterday's gone. Nothing's going to change it. It is what it is. Tomorrow never comes. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Mm-hmm. We, we only have today. And so if, if I can avoid barring trouble from yesterday or tomorrow, I'm going to be much less stressed out. And I think we women, maybe men are just as bad as women. I'm not sure. But I know we women are really good at barring trouble from tomorrow. We do. And as I was reading that, um, Jim has it printed here in the NLT, and it says, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. It's not saying that there might be troubles tomorrow and there might be worries tomorrow. There's going to be. So, you know, we can have assurance that we don't need to pile it on top of each other because it's going to be spread out all week long. Um, One of the things that um, I'm interested in hearing more about is if there is this, is it guilt that drives a lot Mm. of the superwoman complex? Yeah. I think this is definitely more of a women, a woman's problem than a man's problem, and that is that we take on guilt so easily, and much of it is false guilt. I mean, if somebody just doesn't say good morning to us, we think, what have I done, and mm. what's wrong with me? And um, I, I know, I and I have this problem to this day, uh, if someone just offers a really helpful critique or criticism. Mm-hmm. You know, my first thing is, oh, I am just terrible. I don't do good. I don't do a good job. Why didn't I think of that? Why? And instead of saying, oh, that's a good idea, or thanks for bringing that to my attention, we just take on guilt. I don't know why we do, except that it's it's a sensitive nature that God's given us. I I suppose, but it's also been contaminated by by sin and the fall, and so that sensitivity can really cause us to just feel guilty about stuff we should never feel guilty about. And I talk about that in in the Bible study, about the difference in conviction and condemnation. That if God convicts me about something, then he wants me to just repent and get right with him, and that guilt goes away. But if I'm allowing people to condemn me, and I have these vague feelings of, oh, I don't measure up, or something's wrong with me, or I should be a better Christian, or these vague feelings of guilt. God does not deal with us like that. When he deals with us, he deals with specifics. Why did you say that? Why didn't you do this? And I know exactly what I did or didn't do, and I know exactly what needs to change. But when the enemy comes, he deals with us with these vague feelings of unworthiness and guilt, and it's all my fault, and it just debilitates us. Mm. So powerful. All right, so we're talking about the superwoman complex and some of the aspects or some of the describing words that Mary has used for a superwoman is somebody that always jumps through all of the hoops that are out there, that tries to meet everyone's expectations, that tries to do everything to perfection, and do it all without showing any fatigue. So if this describes you, you need to get out on Mary's website, christianworkingwoman.org, and subscribe to the daily devotions that are specifically aimed at Christian working women 
who almost every one of them I've ever met suffers from superwoman complex. And that doesn't mean you wear some really cool outfit with a gold belt and have gold wristbands. <laughs> Linda Carter was superwoman, but I don't know what kind of a mom she was. All right, it, This is a complex that really a lot of women suffer from. So if you suffer from... Try, Trying to jump. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. That's what it was. Wonder Woman. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Todd, for clearing it up. Got Martha Brangenberg joining me in studio today. And Mary Welshel is on the line from ChristianWorkingWoman.org. She's got a radio show on over 400 stations each and every day. And she sends out a daily blog for women christianworkingwomen.org. Go out there and sign up for this. It's very rare that I get somebody to talk on the radio specifically about issues that women are facing in the workplace each and every day. And the last two days have been fantastic. And if you suffer from superwoman complex, that's not Wonder Woman complex, as I was just corrected on the air today. (laughs) Superwoman complex, if this describes you, you better get signed up for some of Mary's daily blogs. If you try to jump through hoops that everybody keeps placing in front of you, if you try to meet everybody's expectations, never to disappoint. If you try to do everything to perfection, if Pinterest is your standard for everything, and maybe Southern Living Magazine, and you try to do it all and never show fatigue, then you have the superwoman complex. So sign up at ChristianWorkingWoman.org. Mary Walsh, welcome back to the I Work For Him show. Thank you, Jim. You know, I think we still got one more book. So if somebody wants to call into the studio and get a copy of Mary's latest book, get over it, or as... My daughter would say, build a bridge and get over it. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. Mary, why is there so much guilt associated with the superwoman complex? Because we can't be all things to all people, no matter how much we try. And because we think that that is that level of performance we should always have, and then we see that we don't, or even if we do, we do it right somebody's not going to like it some you know you can't please everybody and so we just take on guilt uh, because we aren't able to jump through all the hoops and do everything to perfection and because we do get tired and we do have fatigue and and then we just dump guilt on ourselves it's just a, a vicious cycle we get ourselves into so then what do you suggest for healing that guilt well, I think, first of all, you really have to recognize, why am I trying to be superwoman? What's my motivation here? That's, that's where God began to change me. I was trying to be superwoman to impress people, mm. to get my good feelings about myself, to feel valuable and valued. And instead of finding my value in who I am in Christ, and, and I was trying to please people more than I was trying to please Jesus. That was more important to me. And I didn't even realize it, Martha. I mean, I wasn't consciously doing this. It was just had seeped into my culture and into my mind. And that, that's, that's what I was doing. Well, because I was in the Word and because I was truly seeking to follow Christ in every way, He began to reveal this to me. And I saw, you know, this is pride. This is, uh, this is sin. <laughs> Uh, that I'm trying to prove to the world what a wonderful person I am. Instead of just saying, God, I just want to be what you want me to be, do what you put me here to do, the good deeds that you want me to do. And God began to change me. Now, I have to tell you, it didn't happen overnight, and it, it didn't totally happen. I still have days. I still have times when I have to check up on myself and say, 
why are you doing what you're doing? You know, do you do you have to have people feeding you, feeding your ego? Is that what you have to do? Are you truly doing this because this is what Jesus has called you to do and you're doing it for his glory? I just think motivations and our motives have to be constantly uh, monitored because it's so easy to to fall into the people pleaser mm. syndrome. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Why do we do what we do? You know, and being driven by the scripture, I think that that's just that's a powerful testimony because, uh, especially the superwoman, um, somebody suffering with that complex may find or justify that they're too busy to be in the Word, which is exactly mm-hmm. where we need to be. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they have so many things to do, they just can't sit down with their husbands and watch TV. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. No, no, it's, it's, <laughs> oh, no, there's, oh, we, we talk about it all the time. I mean, it's just funny, because Martha's superwoman. She's always got to be doing something. She has such a hard time sitting still. And so when we're watching TV, she's always got to be doing something. Always got to be doing something. And I've been trying to train her over these last 28 and a half years <laughs> that it's okay to sit down every once in a while, that you can sit down without guilt. And we don't watch much TV, so that's that's why that's a that's a big point to him. So just sit <laughs> once in a while next to me on the couch. So. I think one of the most powerful things that for for men when they suffer from a complex is accountability. But can women get together and help themselves to avoid becoming the, or suffering from the superwoman complex? Because so many women suffer from this. Can I mean, how how are you guys going to overcome this? I mean, does a group does group therapy help? <laughs> uh, well, having a sisters in Christ who struggle with you and 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 who you know also are struggling with it and who talk about it and who help you that's always you know that's the way the body of Christ is so supposed to work. And when I wrote the Bible study, the Super One Complex, it was for the purpose of of hoping that groups of women would study this together and then become, you know, each other's encourager and supporter that we don't have to be super women. We just have to be the women God's created us to be. And if I have an, another sister in Christ who's struggling with this along with me and we're encouraging each other, that's ah, much easier that way, don't you think, Martha? Oh, yeah. As long as it's somebody that you have um, agreed that you both need, acknowledge that it's mm-hmm. a problem, because I think what Jim was thinking in his head is that you could kind of feed off of each other and, and it could go well, the opposite. I've never way. seen women get in a room together without a man and feed off each other. Never seen that happen. Yeah. But but I think that's so yeah. incredibly good if you have a friend who can come alongside you and say, you know, let's hold each other accountable. I am very curious to go look at the Bible study because I did not see it and I'm surprised he didn't send me the link or anything. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'll send you a couple of copies of it and maybe you can give them away uh, some other time, but I'll put some in the mail to that you That would tomorrow. be fantastic. Well, we'll give one away right now. If you want to call into the studio line, we don't have it yet, but we will have it. We'll give away a copy of the Superwoman Complex Bible Study. Call into the studio line 855-265-2929 855-265-2929 One for you and one for me. Alright, so Mary, just in the last few few minutes, what are some words of encouragement you can give to that woman that is suffering from Superwoman Complex today? Well, Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourself be entangled again with the bonds and chains of, of the burdens of the past. You, God can deliver you from these wrong impressions and these wrong 
ideas that you've had about who you need to be and what you need to do in order to be acceptable. And he can give you great freedom in just saying, look, this is the way God created me. I'm happy with the way God created me, but I don't have to please everybody. And what you find is that I I think there's a verse in Proverbs that says, when we please God, we please more people that way than any other way. Mm. (laughs) Um, So uh, that's my paraphrase of it. (laughs) That's awesome. um, (laughs) But... uh, I'm I'm so glad that in these last stages of my life, in these later days, uh, I'm I'm learning some of this freedom, and and it doesn't happen overnight. I have to say that it's been a journey that I keep learning and learning more and relearning. Uh, I find that most things I've learned I have to relearn quite a few times, mm-hmm. and that you know God does not love me because of how I perform. God doesn't accept me because I achieved some great thing, whatever that might be. He loves me unconditionally. He rejoices over me with singing. I am his daughter, and nothing can ever separate me from his love. And I can relax in that and know that, yeah, I need to be busy doing what he's given me to do, but I don't have to uh, measure up to anybody else's standards or expectations. When I please God, I please more people than I would any other way. So it's just going back to the basics. Lord, I just want to please you. I want to do what you put me here to do. I want to do it with excellence. I want to do it with joy. But I don't want to be worn out all the time and frustrated all the time and fatigued all the time so that I can't even be loving and kind. I want to be more like Jesus. Those are fantastic thoughts. But as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, tomorrow night on the I Work For Him show, Jim Byers will be joining us as we talk about his testimony as a mortgage lender and as a minister in a small town in Florida. And Eli Gonzalez, the ghostwriter, will be talking about how he can help you write your next book. Hey, thanks to those supporting the I Work For Him broadcast on today's show. Our business referral partners, Eric Most with Most Insurance at MostINS.com and Jim Byers, your good faith loan officer at GoodFaithFL.com. And also our strategic ministry partner, the Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay. Find out more about them at c3tb.org. Hey, check out our website, iworkforhim.com. You can find out more information about all of those ministry partners, as well as archives of all of our past shows, including last night's show with Mary. you got to listen to that one. And all of our guest names and the highlighted books, books we've highlighted here on the I Work For Him show. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.